Today on Awaken to Grace, we are in part three of a sermon entitled Alone with God from a series we're in called Triumph. We are going through the book of Joshua, and today we are in chapter five, and we are going to see how Joshua got alone with God. Being alone can sometimes be a terrifying thought, but when you add God to the equation, it is times alone with God that become the most meaningful in our spiritual walk. Well, today we're going to talk about what it means to be alone with God. If you have never visited our website, I want to encourage you to visit it today, awakenedtograce.com. And at the bottom of our website, click the box that says Grace Givers Community and learn how you can partner with us to share the gospel on all the platforms that the Lord has us on today. We value and we treasure the gospel above everything else in our lives. And if you are someone that you value the gospel the way that we do, then we want to invite you to help us spread it. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your generosity. And I hope that today's edition of Awaken to Grace will be a great encouragement to your faith. Thank you for joining us today. to trust the Lord, even though they would have been sitting ducks for the enemy. The Bible says that each man went to his own tent until he had healed. What faith it took to wait on the Lord and to do what God said in that moment that they very easily could have said, God, wait till we conquer Jericho and then we'll do it. No, you have to obey God when God says to obey. The second thing I want to point out to you is that they observed Passover. Now, they're in this new place. They're in this, they're in this new land. And, 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 you know, we've been following this generation of Israelites since February. And we went with them through the rock that Moses struck rather than speaking to. We, we've been with them through the snakes in the wilderness and all the snake bites that they suffered and We've been through the pillar of fire and the cloud by day and the, and the trumpets that they made. And now we've crossed over Jordan with them. And here in chapter 5, something very special is going to happen for the nation. When they observe Passover, the manna from heaven is going to cease. It's no longer needed. They've, this whole generation has grown up on nothing but manna. This is the only thing that they've known for their entire lives. And now, for the first time, they're going to eat from the land of Canaan. Have you ever wondered why the Bible calls it a land flowing with milk and honey? First of all, I mean, that sounds highly attractive. It really does. A land flowing with milk and honey. Imagine how attractive that sounded if you had grown up in a quite literal, a desert If the only thing you had ever tasted, the only thing you had ever known was manna from heaven, this this bread from heaven that the Bible calls angel food. Even though I'm sure it was delightful, you eat anything for a long enough time and you get tired of it. (coughs) Imagine what it meant to the people to be in a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, what does that mean? Well, obviously the milk represents the livestock. 
It represents all of the cattle and all the livestock that was in this land. You don't, you don't have that in a wilderness. And the honey represents the agriculture. It represents the bees and the pollination and all the vegetation and all the agriculture that was in this land. And so here in chapter 5 is a tremendous, a, a wonderful transition. The reproach of Egypt has now rolled away. The manna has now ceased, and now for the first time they are eating of the land flowing with milk and honey, and they're eating out of the produce of Canaan. What a special thing that was. And now lastly today, I want to share with you what happened with Joshua at the end of this chapter. Joshua finds himself alone. You know, being alone at times can feel like a scary thought, but when you bring the Lord into the equation, it's actually quite a thrilling thing to be alone with the Lord. Perhaps you're watching or listening today, and you've never really taken time where you yourself are alone with God. Friends, there's nothing better you can do. Perhaps you're watching this and you're being forced to work from home. Or you're watching this and you're unemployed right now because your job or your restaurant or your place of employment has shut down amid all of this fear of COVID-19. Perhaps right now you're quarantined inside your own home or in a hospital room. Friends, there's no greater time than right now to get alone with God. And I want you to watch what happened to Joshua. Joshua was in the plains of Jericho, and the Bible says that Joshua looked out upon the city of Jericho. And Joshua saw a man with his sword drawn. Now, scholars call these times in the Old Testament, these were pre-incarnate moments of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the Lord visiting Abraham as a stranger, as a pilgrim that shared a friendly meal with Abraham and gave him instruction. We see the Lord wrestling with Jacob throughout the night to position him to a place where he will submit himself. We see later in the Old Testament, we see the Lord in the furnace and the fiery flames with the three Hebrew children. And here we see the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, standing before Joshua as Joshua is about to go to war. Well, Joshua doesn't know who this is. And I think it's notable to see his courage in this chapter. Joshua approaches the man and says, Are you for our adversaries or are you with us? You know, I think that says a lot to Joshua's character right there. There was no in-between for Joshua. Either you were a friend or you were a foe. Either you are on his side or you're on the enemy's side. Would to God that Christians would once again have that kind of attitude. Too many Christians have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Whereas we would do well to understand that the Bible teaches in the book of James, friendship with the world is enmity with God. 
The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? What fellowship does light have with darkness? And what would it be if the church would return back to this attitude? Either you are on God's side or not. Either we are a friend of the world or we are a friend of God. There is no in-between. And when Joshua met Jesus this day in front of Jericho, he made it very clear, are you with us or are you against us? And I would love to see more of that attitude come into the church where either we're in the world or we are out of the world. The Bible says, yes, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Either you're for the world or you're for God. What friendship, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Well, Joshua asked this man who he was. And the man responded and said, I'm the captain. I'm the Lord. I'm the captain of the host of the armies of heaven. And when he said this, the most remarkable thing happened. Joshua fell down and worshiped. Isn't that something? Makes me think when John, the great apostle, saw Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation, he fell as a dead man and worshiped him. So Joshua falls before the Lord and he worships him. And Joshua says, what would my Lord say to his servant? Watch Mani, that great Chinese pastor of years back. Watch Mani said something very strong. He said, it is when we take our place as servants that the Lord takes his place as Lord and master. Do you have that attitude about you today? Are you in a place where you tell the Lord, I'm your servant? Or is God more of a genie in a bottle for you? If you quote the right verse or you pray the right prayer or you do something that either pleases God or makes God feel sorry for you, that God will give you what you want. No, no, don't be that way, my friends. Prayer is not to get my will done. Prayer is to get God's will done. And when we come to a place where we humble ourselves as a servant and say, what would you say to me, my Lord? Then that's when God can truly speak to us. And listen to what, what the Lord told Joshua. This is amazing. Now remember, he's alone with God. Your greatest moments with the Lord will come when you're alone with him. So this time that perhaps you're stuck in your homes, Take full advantage. Turn the tablet off. Turn the TV off. Shut the internet down. Get alone with God. That's when God will really speak to us. It's been well said, no one should face the day until they first have faced the Lord in the mornings. Get alone with God. And so the Lord tells Joshua something that in my view, <coughs> excuse me, the Lord tells Joshua something that in my view is quite remarkable. The Lord says to Joshua, remove your sandals for this place is holy ground. What made that place holy ground? Now remember where he is. He's on pagan ground. He's in the plains of Jericho. He is an eye shot within the city walls of Jericho. 
What made it holy ground? It's the fact that Jesus Christ himself was standing there. You know how much hope this gives me, my friend? It tells me that no matter where I am in life, if the Lord is with me, it's holy ground. See, many of you know my story and so many of you know that I'm facing blindness right now and how my life has completely changed since I became blind. I say completely, but I'm still doing all the other things I used to do, minus driving, of course. I don't, I don't drive anymore. I keep telling Sadie if she'd get me a pull stick that was long enough, I could feel my way and still drive, but she won't let me. But I'm still going on. I mean, I'm, I'm still doing all of my job and all the things and playing with my children and enjoying my family. I'm still doing everything that I used to do. But, but nonetheless, many things have changed. And while there are times and there are days that discouragement would try to grip me or depression would try to grab hold of me, you don't know what it means For me in this passage in Joshua, for Joshua to be in a pagan land, for Joshua to be literally steps away from the battlefield, but for the Lord to say, take off your shoes, for this is holy ground. And what it says to me in my life is if I'm in a place where the Lord wants me, if I'm in a place that is pleasing to Him and I'm in the will of God, then for me, that is holy ground. And I can be happy and I can be content and I can be satisfied and I can be joyful because I am standing literally on holy ground. Hallelujah. And you may be in the trial of your life. You may be stuck in a job that you have despised and you've hated. You may work for someone who is so hard to get along with. Or you may lead a group of people that are so difficult. And you may dread going to work every day. But no, let me tell you, my friend, if God is with you, then you're on holy ground. And you can be there in confidence. Perhaps you're fearful right now and you're quarantined and you're stuck at home and you're fretful and you're wondering what you're doing. No, my friend, if God is with you, then you are on holy ground. And if you will get alone with God and you'll say, God, show me in this hour, show me this day, show me what you want, show me what you're doing because I'm your servant and you are my Lord, you will be amazed at what the Lord shares with you. Friends, he's so eager to work. He's so eager to speak. He's so eager to show himself strong in your life. God is eager for these things. The question is this. Are you eager? Am I eager? Are we eager to seek the Lord? Powerful things will happen in your life when you get alone with God. So Joshua removes his shoes. He worships the Lord and that's where the chapter closes. But I don't think that's where the story ends. I think this is where God gave Joshua the full battle plan. And why could Joshua be so trusted? Well, for just a second, let's recap. Joshua chapter 1, when the Lord told Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. You're going to lead my people. You're going to cross over Jordan. Well, Joshua could be so trusted 
that Joshua told the people, in three days, we're getting ready. Let's cross over. Joshua chapter 2, the report comes back from Jericho. And Joshua says, we're going to at once take the land. Joshua chapter 3 and 4, they come to the brink of the Jordan waters. And Joshua tells the people, watch the wondrous works which God will perform before you on this day. And Joshua commands the people, consecrate yourself. For God's going to do wondrous works. They cross the river on dry ground. All of them. One mile wide, 20 miles long. And then just when you would think time to go to war, no, Joshua shows yet again how well he can be trusted. For God said, make flint knives and circumcise the people. And they slow down and they do the surgical procedure and they wait for the men to heal while trusting the Lord. Then they observe Passover and then the manna ceases and now they're eating from the produce of the land and now they're ready to go to war. Friends, do you see how much preparation it took to get to the walls of Jericho? Do you see how much faith it took? Do you see how much obedience it took? Well, in my life, facing blindness, it's as though I'm staring up at the walls of Jericho. And many of you are facing many tall walls of Jericho. But here's my question to you, my friend. Here's the question to me. Are we just waiting for the walls to fall? Or can you and I look back and say, I trusted the Lord here. I obeyed the Lord here. I did what the Lord wanted here. I slowed down here. I I met with the Lord here. I was alone with God here. You see my point? Can you and I go back and see a pattern of faith, trust, patience, and obedience before we come to the walls of Jericho? You know, I'll just be very honest with you. Before the walls fall in my life, I don't want to miss Gilgal. Before God does the extraordinary work that I believe God wants to do in my life and my ministry, I don't want to miss being alone with Jesus Christ. I want to learn these lessons so that I'll be the man of God, so that I'll be the husband to Sadie, so that I'll be the father to my children, so that I'll be the pastor to my church, so that I'll be the friend to my friends, so that I'll be the godly example that God wants me to be. Are you willing to go through Gilgal? Are you willing to get alone with God? before you come to your walls of Jericho. Don't despise times that God slows you down. Don't despise times that God, though it would seem, takes away momentum out of your life. Don't be alarmed. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared at times that God puts you alone with him. For it's there that you'll have the sweetest fellowship with the Lord. They're going to come and play right now, and I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and I'm going to pray with you, and we're going to ask the Lord to help us in a great way. If you're in a time of quarantine, if you're in a time that you're alone, if you're in a time right now that you are needing 
someone to pray with you. I want to encourage you to reach out to us. You can send us emails at pcckingsport at gmail.com. You can contact us through our website, preachingchristchurch.com. You can keep up with all of our content through our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace. You can read great blogs and articles and other content at awakenedtograce.com. Or you can reach out to us through social media, through our channels on social media. I want to encourage you to consume as much godly content as you can. I understand that most people in their homes are going to be binge-watching Netflix and Hulu and all this other stuff, Disney and all this stuff. Friends, uh, I can't encourage you enough. Listen to sermons daily. Read the Bible daily. Listen to the Bible daily. Get alone with God daily. And as you do these things on a daily basis, it's going to be like going to the gym daily. You're going to get stronger, and you're going to get stronger, and you're going to get stronger. And your faith is going to continue to grow. Stop. Is anyone in here? Were you not going to play, Eric? Oh, yeah, I thought we said yes. I thought we said that's fine. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, I didn't pray with people. So what do I need to do? Well, let me just pray and then you guys can decide from there. Ah, was I looking wrong? Oh, okay. Okay. So am I looking fine right now? Sadie, am I looking fine? (laughs) All right, let me pray. Lord, I want to pray for all of the people that are watching this or listening to this. Lord, I want to pray for those who are anxious right now, that God, you will calm them. Those who are fearful right now because they don't know how they're going to pay rent or they don't know how they're going to get groceries. Lord, I pray that you will be a great provider for them. Lord, I want to pray for those who either have loved ones around the country who has contracted this virus, perhaps they've even lost someone Lord, I pray that you will give peace to their hearts. And God, while we don't know what tomorrow holds and we don't know what next week holds, 
And while it feels like our world is changing by the hour, remind us, Heavenly Father, you don't change. You're constant. You're the same. You're consistent. And not only are you constant, but you've loved us with the same kind of consistency. You love us with an everlasting love. So God, I pray that you care for your people in this hour. And those who don't truly know you, may they come to know you. And may all of us repent from our sins that you may indeed come and heal our land in Jesus' mighty name.